This is the Grind It Podcast. We know just like grinding a handrail or across the coping can be challenging at times, so can life be. We share God's Word and personal stories to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we're going to finish up Matthew chapter 27. Jesus, he's been handed over to Pilate. Pilate's wife is pleading with him. I had this horrible dream. Uh, and she's pleading, this man's innocent. Don't have any, let him go. Don't have anything to do with this situation. And so Pilate comes up with a plan that is, he, he's wanting to let Jesus go. But the only problem with the plan is the religious leaders, the chief priests and the leading priests, they have gone through the crowds and persuaded the crowds to choose Barabbas instead of Jesus. Now, Barabbas, the Bible says, was a notorious sinner. He's horrible. He's probably a revolutionary. He probably uh, challenged the Roman government uh, and lost by the way, uh, and he's going to be set free. But the Bible says that he was a notorious sinner. And here we have uh, Jesus, who Judas went to the chief priests and, and, and the leading priests and tried to give back the 30 pieces of silver. And he says, I have betrayed an innocent man. And then Pilate's wife comes out to Pilate and says, don't have anything to do with this innocent man. The Bible is clear. The Bible is plain that Jesus was innocent. He knew no sin. He never sinned. He never did anything wrong. That's why he was able to become our Passover lamb. 1 Corinthians 5 verse 7. Jesus was innocent. Now, can you imagine being Barabbas? Put yourself in Barabbas's shoes. He's been in prison, no telling how long. He thought he was about to be crucified. It was his. He was. He was suffering a, a death sentence, if you will. And he's supposed to be crucified on this day, but instead of him being crucified, the notorious sinner, an innocent man, is going to take his place. And if you think about it, we are, every one of us, we are all indeed Barabbas. We're just like Barabbas. We're not Barabbas physically, but we're just like Barabbas because we're all sinners. We are all notorious sinners. And Jesus was crucified in our place. Jesus died so that we, like Barabbas, could be set free. Isn't that awesome? Jesus was beaten. He was flogged. He had a crown of thorns shoved into his head. He had his beard ripped off his face, Isaiah tells us. He was beaten with that what they had given him to use as a scepter. He was mocked as a king. And then they take him after they finally get through beating him that Isaiah 52, 14 says that you wouldn't even recognize that Jesus was a man. His face was so disfigured. They take that beaten, innocent man and they crucify him on a place called Golgotha. 
And that's where we pick up the story in today's podcast. Along the way, Matthew says, they came across a man named Simon who was from Serene. And the soldiers forced him to carry Jesus' cross because Jesus was too weak. He couldn't do it. <clears throat> and so they, they went out to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. I actually have it tattooed on my forearm. Um, and the soldiers, they gave Jesus wine mixed with bitter gall, which would, back then would have been a painkiller. But when he had tasted it, he refused to drink it. And after, uh, after they nailed him to the cross... The soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. And then they they sat around and they kept guard as he hung there. Now, can you imagine the hundreds, possibly thousands of people that came to see Jesus hanging on that cross? Think about all the people that he has helped. All the people that he has healed. All of those people who he cast demons out of them. They would come by and see what's going to happen. And why he's allowing this to happen to him. They're, they're wondering what, 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 the, what the crap's going on here. And you think about all those who were skeptical, if you will, about Jesus even being the Messiah. Those who wanted to get a glimpse of this man who claims to be the king of the Jews. The Messiah. The deliverer. What, what's going to happen to him? And so they're curious, and so people by the hundreds, I'm sure, maybe thousands, are coming by as Jesus is hanging outside the city gates on public display, being humiliated. A sign, Matthew says, was fastened above his head that, announcing the charge against him, and it read, and here's the charge against Jesus, This is Jesus, King of the Jews. That's the charge against him. Two revolutionaries were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. And the people passing by shouted abuse, shaking their heads in mockery. Look at you now, they yelled at him. You said you were going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. Well then, if you're the son of God, save yourself and come down from the cross. And then the leading priests, the teachers of religious law, they're all excited. The elders, they also mocked Jesus. He saved others, they scoffed, but he can't even save himself. So he is the king of Israel, is he? Let him come down from the cross right now, and then we'll believe him. They wouldn't. They wouldn't. He trusted God, they said, so let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I am the son of God. Now you, you could just hear the arrogance of these men and their egos. They think they're so powerful that they have gotten what they wanted. They, they have Jesus struggling to breathe. And in a few hours, he's going to be dead. That's what they wanted. Even the revolutionaries who were crucified with Jesus ridiculed him in the same way. Now, here's the thing. I talked about in the last podcast how um, it's just fascinating to me how even before Adam and Eve were ever formed from the dust of the ground and God breathed life into Adam and that rib was taken out of Adam and God formed Eve, the woman, God had all this in place. He knew that man was going to sin and God had a plan that would redeem man back to him. 
And th- it, it, there's over 300 prophecies of the Messiah throughout the Old Testament. And Jesus fulfilled every single one of them. And a lot of them have to do with what's going on right here. From the Garden of Gethsemane on. The crucifixion. Isaiah 53, 7. The second part of that verse says, He was led like a lamb to a slaughter. And as a sheep is silent before the shearers, he never said a word. Jesus didn't say anything. He answered when Pilate said, Are you the king of the Jews? He said, You have said it. And that's the only thing that Jesus said. And, and the, 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 when the, the chief priests and the leading priests questioned Jesus and, and pronounced all these charges against him, Pilate said, Don't you hear all these accusations? But Jesus didn't say a word. He just kept his mouth shut. When he was being beaten by the soldiers and being mocked uh, for being the king of the Jews, he kept his mouth shut. And now he's on a cross trying to breathe and hang on as long as he can. Psalm 22 verse 16 states, My enemies surround me like a pack of dogs. An evil gang closes in on me and they have pierced my hands and feet. That's exactly what happened to Jesus. The nails were pierced his hands and his feet. Psalm 22:14, the first part of verse 14, and then verse 15 says, "My my life is poured out of me like water, and all my bones are out of of, of joint. My strength has dried up like sun-baked clay. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth." Psalm 69:21b says the the second part of of 21. Uh, says they offer me sour wine for my thirst. We just read that. This is exactly what happened when Jesus was hanging on the cross for a painkiller. Psalm 22, verses 7, and the first part of verse 8. Everyone who sees me mocks me. We just read that. They sneer and they shake their heads saying, Is this the one who relies on God? Let the Lord save him. See, God predicted all this stuff before he ever formed Adam and Eve. And he put all this in the prophecies. Over 300 prophecies about Jesus. And and, and you can read them in the Old Testament and come over to the New Testament and see where they were fulfilled. It's just its so amazing and fascinating how God orchestrated all this. Psalm 22.18 they divide my garments among themselves and throw dice for my clothing. It's exactly what the soldiers did. Isaiah 53, uh, the second part of verse 12. He was counted among rebels. He bore the sins of many and interceded for rebels. It's exactly what Jesus did. Darkness covered the area uh, when Jesus died. Amos chapter 8, verse 9. In that day says the sovereign Lord, I will make the sun go down at noon and darken the earth while it is still day. You know those people were freaking out that day. Psalm 22 verse 1. This is written hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus was on the cross. Psalm 22 verse 1. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Matter of fact, David said that 900 years before Jesus My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Jesus says it on the cross. 900 years later. Psalm 31, the first part of verse 5. I entrust my spirit into your hand. That's what Jesus said as he gave up the the ghost. As he was dying. Into my hands. Into your hands I commend my spirit. That's what Jesus told the Father. And he died. 
the Roman soldiers who they, they usually would go around and, and break the legs of the people who are being crucified because uh, they would use their legs to press up against the cross and try to breathe. And so they would break their legs so they couldn't use their legs and it would, it would, uh, it, it would hurry up the, the, the dying process because they couldn't breathe. I mean, this is a horrible, horrible way to die and suffer. It's just torture. It's just pure torture. So they would go around and they would break the legs of the people being crucified. But when they come to Jesus, they didn't break his legs. He was already dead. And this is what Psalm 34, 20 says. For the Lord protects the bones of the righteous. Not one of them is broken. They didn't break Jesus' bones. They didn't have to. He was already dead. After Jesus was taken from the cross, Joseph of Arimathea came to claim the body of Jesus. Joseph was a secret follower of Jesus and allowed him to use his tomb. They put Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, they take Jesus' body off the cross and, and, and put it in Joseph's own personal tomb. Isaiah 53, verse 9, part of verse 9 says this, He was put in a rich man's grave. Well, we know that uh, Joseph of Arimathea was rich because he was a member of the Sanhedrin. They were very, very rich and powerful. And it was Joseph of Arimathea, this rich man, who went and got the body of Jesus off the cross, along with another uh, Pharisee, Nicodemus, who had been rich and powerful. And they placed Jesus in Joseph's tomb. And so we, we read of the death of Jesus, when Matthew writes in verse 45, at noon darkness fell across, just like the prophecy said, we just read it. At noon darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. This is broad daylight, darkness. At about three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Just like we just read the prophecies. Some of the bystanders misunderstood and thought that he was calling for the prophet Elijah. And one of them ran and they filled a sponge with sour wine and trying to help Jesus. Holding it up to him on a reed, uh, a reed stick so he could drink. But the rest said, wait, wait, let's see whether, <laughs> whether Elijah comes to save him. And then Jesus shouted again and he released his spirit. He died. And, and, and when Jesus died, when he released his spirit... Matthew says, at that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple that separated God from man, and the priest could only go into that place one year to make an atonement for the sins of the people of Israel. That veil, that thick curtain was torn, Matthew says, from top to bottom. It's like God just took that thick old curtain and went whoosh and just ripped it. And in, in, in other words, there's no more separation between God and man. You can now enter into the holiest of holies. You can enter into the presence of God. He no longer dwells in that building. As a matter of fact, that building was destroyed in AD 70. Why? Because of what Jesus has done right here. He has shed his innocent blood and become our Passover lamb that our sins could be forgiven. And when we're washing the blood of Jesus and our sins are forgiven, we have direct access to the throne of God. And we studied about that in the book of Hebrews when we covered Hebrews on this podcast. It's an interesting study. If you got time to go back and listen to it, I'm pretty sure you would enjoy it and be challenged by it. But Matthew says at that moment when Jesus died, he released his spirit 
The curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook, rocks split apart, and tombs opened. The bodies of many godly men and women who had died, uh, they were raised from the dead. Jesus was still working miracles in his death. People were coming up out of the tombs. They left the cemetery, Matthew says, after Jesus' resurrection, and they went into the holy city of Jerusalem and appeared to many people. Can you that would be just so freaky? I don't I don't never I never hear anybody talking about this. Because we don't know how to explain it. We don't know how to handle this. But when Jesus died, the moment that he died, the earth shook, rocks were splitting apart, tombs were opening, and dead people were coming out alive walking back to Jerusalem and they're going to visit their loved ones. People saw them with their own eyes and had conversations with them. I mean, that, that's crazy stuff. And Matthew says the Roman officer and the other soldiers at the crucifixion were terrified by the earthquake and all that had happened. And they said, this man truly was the Son of God. And many women who had come from Galilee with Jesus to care for him, were watching from a distance. And among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of James and John, the sons of Zebedee, that would be Salome. As evening approached, Joseph, a rich man from Arimathea, who had become a follower of Jesus, went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body, in the, just like the prophecy said, laid in the rich man's tomb. Pilate issued an order to release it to him, and Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a long sheet of clean linen cloth, and he placed it in his own new tomb, which had been carved out of the rock. And then he rolled a great stone across the entrance, and he left. Both Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting across from the tomb, watching. They're just watching Joseph of Arimathea placed Jesus' body. Because I'm sure they, that when he carried it, took him off the cross, he would have had to carry him to the tomb. And I'm sure Mary Magdalene and the other Mary watched all this taking place from a distance. And they followed them to the tomb to see what was going to happen. And they watched Jesus be buried. He's dead. He's gone. His body is lifeless. This great man who claimed to be the Son of God, who, who is God in the flesh, who has helped so many people in so many ways, brought so much hope and joy. He's dead. His lifeless body is being put in a tomb, and their world was absolutely rocked. They can't believe it. The next day on the Sabbath, Sabbath starting at 6 o'clock that night, which means when he died at 3 o'clock, they had three hours, less than three hours, to get his body off the cross, put in that tomb, the tomb sealed, and back home before Sabbath began. The next day on the Sabbath, the leading priests and the Pharisees, they go to Pilate, and they told Pilate, Sir, we remember that the deceiver once said, while he was still alive after three days, I will rise from the dead. So we, we make this request. We request that you seal the tomb until the third day. This will prevent his disciples from coming and stealing his body and then telling everyone that he was raised from the dead. Because if that happens, we'll be worse off than we were at the first. Well, guess what? That's what happens. Because Jesus did come out of the tomb alive. And we see that all throughout the book of Acts. They couldn't handle it. They couldn't stop it. They tried. 
it didn't work. Um, but they requested for the, the tomb to be sealed. And so they would put a, a rope around the stone and then they would seal it with wax. And then they would take the, uh, the a ring, a pilot's ring, and, and with the, would show the power and authority. You did not break that seal. If it had that stamp uh, of the leader in it and you broke that seal, you died automatically. Death penalty. So nobody would mess with the seal. Um, there was a band in the 80s called Roxette and they had a song in, uh, in the lyrics that said it's over now it's over now now they were talking about love and a, and a hard breakup of a relationship but I'm talking about Jesus is suffering it's over now he has gone through so much torture and pain we can't even fathom what Jesus went through yes Mel Gibson, uh, The Passion of the Christ, great movie, good job, great job uh, of showing what Jesus went through, but it was a hundred times worse than what that movie even shows us. Because like I said, Matt, uh, Isaiah fifty-two fourteen says that Jesus was beaten beyond recognition. We wouldn't even know that he was a man, Isaiah says. But it's over. Jesus loved and still loves like no other. He, he, he even loved those. Think about this. He even loved those soldiers were mocking him, beating him, shoving that crown of thorns on his head, uh, calling him king, mocking him as a king, beating him with the scepter. And, and they beat him for so long, they just finally got tired of beating him. And they sent him off to be crucified. You know what? Jesus loved them, people. That did that to him. The chief priest and the leading priest who hated Jesus couldn't wait to get rid of Jesus. You know what? Jesus loved them. Barabbas, the notorious sinner that was released, instead of Jesus, Jesus loved him. Judas, the one who betrayed Jesus, who was in the inner circle for three to three and a half years. But he sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver, then took the money back. Went out and hung himself. You know what? Jesus loved Judas. He even loved those who murdered him, betrayed him, beat him, mocked him. And that's why when he was hanging on the cross before he took his last breath, he says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. And here's the thing. No matter what you've done in your life, in your past, no matter what I've done in my past, Jesus loves you. He absolutely 100% loves you and me. And he loved us enough and still loves us enough to die in our place. He died in our place. Just like he died in the place of Barabbas. Barabbas should have been crucified that day, but he was set free. And an innocent man. Judas claimed Jesus was innocent. Pilate's wife told Pilate, this man is innocent. Don't have anything to do with him. An innocent man died in our place place 
so that we can have a relationship with God. All because of what Jesus has done for us right here in this chapter. Dying on the cross, shedding his blood, going through such pain and torture for our sin so that we can have reconciliation with God, that we could be made friends again with God, that he could be the sacrifice, the Passover lamb, 1 Corinthians 5, 7, that died in our place. And for the life of me, I don't understand why people reject that love. Why do people not want to be saved and give their life to Jesus and live for Jesus and, and to spend eternity in heaven with the very one who died in our place? Why do people not see that love and want to reciprocate that love by serving Jesus? It makes no sense to me. And we're going to see in the last chapter, Matthew chapter 28, that the story is not over. It's only beginning. Yes, Jesus has taken his last breath. Yes, he has cried out. And yes, he has, if you will, given up the ghost. He has taken his last breath. He's been taken off the cross. He's been put in the tomb. Mary and the other Mary have watched all this taking place. The Sabbath day has come. And they're all sitting around figuring out what in the world is going on? But Matthew 28, we'll cover it in the next podcast or begin to cover it. Because at this point, Jesus is dead. That tomb has been sealed. But there there, there's not a, a, a seal tight enough or strong enough to keep Jesus in that grave. Because Matthew 28 is all about the resurrection. Thank God for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because that is where our hope, our strength comes from. That's what keeps us going. It's how we endure. Because look what Jesus has endured for us. Hebrews chapter 12 verses 1 through 3. He endured the cross. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross for you and for me. There's nothing in this life, nothing in this life that we cannot face and, and endure and get through because we have hope and that hope has a name and his name is Jesus. And I hope that you know him today as your Lord and Savior. He loves you. He died for you. Why would you not want to live for Him? God bless you. Thank you for listening today. And if I can help answer any questions you have about the Bible or about Jesus, if you want to know how to be saved, you don't have a clue, contact me. I give a number that you can text me, and I give my email address right after the end of this podcast. So take a listen to it and contact me today if I can pray for you, help you in any way that I possibly can. God bless you. Thank you for listening today and keep grinding. Thanks for listening to the Grinded Podcast. If we could pray for you or encourage you in any way, please email us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com or you can text us at 865-418-2824. If you're watching on YouTube, please click like and subscribe and you'll be notified about new episodes. If you're listening on an app, 
Leave us a five-star review, but most importantly, share the Grinded Podcast with a friend. God bless you, and remember, keep grinding.